0: Welcome, welcome to another
1: The official podcast of The Leaky
0: Cauldron
2: The Leaky Cauldron
0: The Leaky Cauldron, the Leaky Cauldron. Do
3: you hear that, Urn? The Leaky Cauldron Just go! you're
1: wasting time welcome to pottencast
3: your number one source for news theories discussion and interviews with people from the potter books and films i know a small amount myself having written the books my name is jakey running i am now happy to introduce your hosts melissa john and Frank. Ah, uh, okay welcome to a podcast a very special special edition Woo! i should say so I, I think
2: anytime we do this is a special edition now
3: <laughs> it should be a national holiday
4: well,
3: Every time i like we're the
4: really idea business. of us counting backwards from now on let's get back to one yeah where are we at i
2: think we're at 244 two, before 244. we're 80
3: oh this is going to be the new thing where we can't remember the number it's not just me anymore bye bye.
2: well hell but i mean speaking of a special edition here we got uh host number four it's been forever since uh this host has been on the show big favorite everybody's always asking all the time proud and excited uh paul george
1: hey everybody it's great to be back on Pottercast. (laughs) yay um how's it going Thank you for joining us, Mr. I'm so Paul. excited. Oh, we're doing great. I go way back. I go way back to episode six, guys. Holy
2: You do, God. you yeah, do. Yeah, Paul was on here before were one me. of the, the original uh, interviews. What did we call it back then? Extendable ears? We, or, which I probably would not have been an extendable ear. Fan corner? I don't corner? know where he would have been. Was it fan corner? Six. The fan corner? Gosh, no, I don't think he, he would qualify as just, you know, your average fan corner. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It was a long long time ago though <laughs> that's what I do now yeah.
2: B- B-N-F, uh, corner. <laughs> B- BNF corner BNF
4: oh, corner BNF I forgot about that
2: 2007 man like actually that was about when the BNF um, you know uh, got cut off like there were not allowed to be any new like tier ones at around that time <laughs> because, tier ones oh
1: my god
2: well, yeah like you know like the the tops you, like, you're able to get now is tier two
4: but that was before me, so I'm just tier two.
2: I didn't say that.
4: So sad.
3: Well, if you become a podcast host, clearly.
4: Oh. Yeah.
3: Clearly.
4: I get it. Clearly. I get like citizenship like by marriage, so that's good. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie married into it. <laughs> what are, What exactly was worth it to bring us all back from the dead here onto a podcast? So does anybody know? I'll, I'll give it to you, Paul. You might know better than Frankie and me.
1: Well, I would hope I would hope we get to the point where a grand occasion is not needed. But today we're gonna. I know. Today we're gonna be talking about the, the Harry Potter Alliance.
3: Woo! And Paul, do you know? Do you know the last time that we focused on the Harry Potter Alliance here on Pottercast?
1: Well, uh, I think it was either. Well, I know we did a, a special episode in December two thousand seven. Um, I remember being a big part of like producing segments for that and editing it. I think, um, but <laughs> yep. I also remember being a guest at some point in in two thousand eight when we launched the um, Wizard Rock EP of the Month Club for that year, and I was a guest, and we talked. Right. We talked about the um, the HPA and uh, about that that fundraising endeavor for it
3: wow so how do you remember all this so
1: 2008 that's six years well Pottercast is a big deal for me so as you guys know like one of the things we always have had to deal with is like the sort of negative stereotype associated with being a part of a fandom you know um and what Mm -hmm. comes with that and people people in the outside world do treat that as as trite but as fandom has Become more normalized over like the last decade. Um, Mm. I think that those attitudes are starting to shift, and we've we've been a part of helping to shift those attitudes simply by yeah. Thanks. Simply by helping to show what fandom can do, and it's I mean it's not just us by any stretch. I think that the Harry Potter fandom in particular, um, and and all facets of it from from the work you guys do. Uh, with Pottercast to like leaky uh all aspects of uh our fandom help to show fandom as a, a as a healthy thing as a as a good endeavor and part of that is is through all of this great work we do at the HBA
2: well said
3: yeah seriously
1: okay cool thanks um
2: <laughs> i wish i had like you know a prepared something like that to talk about oh that was totally like a, a goofball
1: that was off the cuff guys that was I was yeah. up the
2: cuff, man. You're just you're really. Yeah, that sounded genuine. <laughs> it's Sounds been a while harsh. since uh, since I podcasted, you guys.
3: Before we head over to more um, discussion about the HPA, I wanted to do- give everybody listening a quick update on, you know, PotterCast and Leaky and Harry Potter. And
2: oh, sure. Stuff. Yeah. I like those uh, things. So quick-
3: I like those things too. Well, so as you're, you've noticed, this is probably the fastest we've ever reco- released another podcast behind another one in, what, I don't know? Two years? Three <laughs> years or something? Two years? So we are <laughs> gearing up. We are trying to get podcast going again. We got a lot of your emails. Thank you, those of you who have emailed us about wanting to be an editor. You will hear back from us shortly. Uh, if, again, anybody's listening to this who wants to join the podcast editing posse, please email us at staff at staff@podcast.com. Become an equal part of the team here, and we will... Uh, thank you very, 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 very yes, much. Yes,
4: that is uh, super helpful. It makes us it makes it so much easier for us to do this on a more consistent basis.
3: Yeah, getting together and recording isn't the problem. It's it's one of us having the time to actually put the show together that is the yeah. the problem. So, yes, and then John, you've got lots of updates on another entity of Potterdom.
2: Oh, don't you? You, you don't suppose we're talking about the leaky cauldron. I don't or, even know what that
3: is anymore. What's the leaky cauldron now? Of course.
2: Leaky org <laughs> is a website <laughs> that yeah. we all used to go on all the time. And uh, it was the like original big leaky project. Yes. And like, hell, that, that used to be like the thing that everybody was like, like freaking out about to find all the latest news about when the books were coming out and all these things. And. And then, like broke. lo and behold, like that website has still been around all this time. It has been celebrating the release of Deathly Hollows Part One for like four <laughs> years <laughs> but so excited you know, we we decided maybe guys, we, we were theaters. over that celebration, and uh long story short, we've sort of brought it back from the dead we've uh completely. You know, changed everything about it, pretty much, with the exception of, like, all of the old news is there, all of the old, you know, all of the the old major features are there. You can still look up all these cool Harry Potter crafts and all these projects you could do if you want to, like, learn how to make a wand or learn how to make, like, your own, like, fire whiskey, uh, all of that stuff, with your parents' permission, certainly. Uh, Well, I
4: mean, if you need parents' permission, you shouldn't be making fire whiskey.
3: Wait, do we actually have a fire whiskey
5: tutorial?
2: yeah it's like this weird thing like you have to learn how to like uh you, you buy a bunch of like uh wheat or something <laughs> and you have to ferment it for a few months yeah Yikes. it's really involved you have to construct, one, a, you might you have to
1: construct a pot still <laughs> yeah,
5: <yes. laughs> Jeez.
2: that one's a tricky one the fire whiskey but yeah, it is there, the leaky org, And um, we still have MyLeaky, which is our fun little pseudo-social network that you can sign up and uh, talk to other Harry Potter fans and just other Harry Potter fans uh, in your own groups and on your own profiles. And you can tell us what house you're in and you know what kind of wand you have and how long you've been a fan and all of these things. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat and it's there and it's still kind of uh, in progress. We're continuing to bring back old features that aren't there at the moment, um, but most of them are there. So you should give it a chance again, check it out. Um, if you were a member before, you're still a member now, you just need to reset your password. Uh, pretty straightforward process though. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I hope you all uh, enjoy it. It's been a bit of a process bringing it back and onto this new uh, way of doing it. But uh, I think it should work out uh, pretty good in the end.
3: Yeah. And we are getting the team, the old gang, back together in terms of we're building a staff again. And you should watch the Leaky Cauldron for updates on how we can use your specific talents. We'll be putting out a, a post soon and we're gonna because you know we, here we here we are thinking that by 2014 the the potter phenomenon would have simmered down to the occasional news article here and there wow how is the, how dumb was that so no uh so the leaky cauldron is back in business we've all we're under the same management but new but new uh magic so
2: <laughs> new magic absolutely and hell i mean it can't be that many more years until they've completed Completely went back and redid all the Harry Potter. Movies. Ah, I oh want an God. animated series. We're gonna
3: be doing Pottercast forever.
2: I mean, I bet you they'll bring Dan back to be like a professor or something. Or hey,
3: like... next year we're gonna have our our tenth our anniversary Pottercast.
2: Holy crap! <laughs>
3: what? Yes. That's wild. August of 2015, tenth anniversary.
2: I think that will finally be the occasion we air all of the drunk outtakes of Melissa's first episode when she was trying to be, like, you calm and not, not nervous. Did you I've actually find it? I've got all them? the raw recordings of, like, the first ten episodes.
3: You said that you didn't have that anymore.
2: I was waiting for the special occasion.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't drunk. I had one glass of wine, and then the next know, take you're was good. I am a lightweight. It's really bad, actually. But... <laughs> <laughs> or
4: good because that's cheaper
3: anyway so Indeed. and uh just just for for the heck of it guys let's do a little harry potter news yeah
2: going. oh my gosh yeah. there's yeah! so much happening i can't even tell you so there's these fantastic beast movies that they're that they're working on um <laughs> I can't wait. and Thanks, John. uh they already have like a quite a few people casted i understand and uh tell us about it melissa who they casted recently
3: well, hang on a second. Did they really?
2: Did I they I was like, Wait they have- a
3: second, John.
4: I didn't think they did. I was like, "What?"
2: I was just putting you on the spot.
3: I, th- I was like, "I'm, I'm looking at the news right now. I to see this." <laughs> I
4: got all excited.
3: <laughs> Me too. I was like, "Oh my gosh!"
4: I'm like, hey. Okay.
3: Well, the the big thing that I really think everybody's talking about this week, and I think that we really should discuss is Emma Watson. And I know this is shocking when oh, people yes, are talking always. about Emma Watson. But there's two ways, two huge ways that she has come up in the news recently. The first was when there was a huge nude photo leak of a lot of celebrities and she spoke out very vocally against it. And the thing that she said that was that has been you know spread around the world was even worse than seeing women's privacy violated on social media is reading the accompanying comments that show such a lack of empathy. And it was a really kind of pithy way to sum up really what happens to women Online and in media and in general, uh, is the lack of empathy that people have toward them. So that was uh, that was great. And then the the other thing that happened recently is that Emma is now a United Nations, a United Nations Women Goodwill Ambassador, and she's been working supporting uh, promote for women around the world. And she stood beside the UN Secretary General to help launch the He for She campaign at the UN headquarters in New York. And she gave a thrilling really compassionate speech about feminism very it was one of the rare very male inclusive speeches on feminism that you've ever heard about she spoke about her own experiences she spoke about her male friends having trouble she spoke about how feminism helps everyone and the one key quote that we highlighted on the leaky website that I want to uh, focus on here is that she said the more I spoke about feminism the more I realized that fighting for women's rights has become too often synonymous with man hating. If there is one thing I know for certain, it's that it has to stop.
2: She gave she gives this awesome speech at the UN. She chooses to make it as though it's basically um given to people who aren't already feminists or maybe they don't understand what it means to be a feminist or maybe uh you know All of they've heard when they hear the word feminist is some kind of, you know, misinterpretation or something with a negative connotation or whatever. And she was trying to speak to that group and to try to tell them, well, actually, you know, it's it's, you know, it's almost basically as much about, you know, protecting men as it is women and just not in the way that maybe some of these guys are, are really considering. And she made a lot of excellent points, I thought, and it was just really well done just makes me really, you know, question how these people's brains work or like, what is it that they're tr- clinging to? So, you know, fervently to not want, you know, a positive change like this. They, they obviously would, you know, see this as not a positive, uh, uh, it's thing power. For it's society. power they're
3: clinging to. It's power over everything about women in the world. That's, It's disintegrating slowly way too slowly but it is disintegrating.
4: It's good for this stuff to be brought up just because I would imagine that there are there's a a, a significant handful significant cross section of people who are unaware of their biases and so having somebody speak out about this and just having somebody challenge their own Perspective and paradigm because some people honestly, I don't think do it maliciously It's just because they were raised somewhere that that was the quote-unquote Norm and so they're kind of like in it And so it's great for somebody to speak out eloquently somebody who is Respected someone who is just known to give a voice to this because then you become aware of your bias You can become aware of the things that you're letting happen by omission and what's great about that is like yeah, there are all these people in power, but we do live in a country where is like we do elect our officials, we do elect people who have power and we give them that power to a certain extent. So it's just people's eyes need to be open to what they're what they're actually intentionally doing or unintentionally supporting, so that they can you know mean it's just a bunch of drops of water need to be put in the right bucket. And some people, some people have cups of water, but a lot of people just have drops. But if everybody puts the drops where they need to be, it'll start getting the change to happen a lot faster and a lot more intentionally, a lot more effectively. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's just so hard lately to get people to, you know, forget changing your mind, but just open your mind.
3: People don't understand feminism. I didn't for the longest time did not understand that you know, you, you see the word feminism and you think this is f- about females being awesome. And it is, but it's not about females being awesome over men. It's about the equality of the thing that the, the word means the equality, the, the the pursuit for equality in the sexes. And though no man that feels that way, they they know that it's not pc to go stand in front of a microphone and say no i don't believe in feminism i think that men are the you know should be in higher positions of power and men should be paid more and you know all that stuff um so what's happening is that you is that as this power is disintegrating and then you have somebody like emma watson incredibly respectable young lady this girl has grown up you know to be a complete model of what a celebrity
4: should be yeah Um, fame and money like that can poison you so fast
3: exactly and she's and who knows you know we you can't pretend to know a person through their public image but in so much as you are able exactly emma yeah. seems seems like a really put together young woman who believes in important things and stands up for herself when it's important like with her 50 shades tweet which i thought was hilarious what was that um when she said, she actually just out of nowhere tweeted one day because there were all these rumors about her being in the movie. Like, does anybody really think I would do this movie? Really? And then the next tweet was just like three question marks. <laughs> it, was really, it was really great. I was like, Thank you, Emma. So, you know, she doesn't kowtow to any of these things. And to see her walk into, it has to be intimidating. She's still very young.
2: Mm-hmm. She's
3: walking into the freaking UN. She's standing next to the secretary general. And she yeah. gives a speech <laughs> that's going to make her the target of every male empowerment group in the world and it's only she had to know would only increase the antagonism she sometimes feels from the male gaze in her life you know and so it's you're not going to have a man stand up and say I think this is wrong but you will have an anonymous institutionalized force saying we must punish the woman for this because she's taking away it's because it's a big blow to have Emma Watson working so hard on this so publicly and have it go so viral it's a. It's going to help people understand feminism. It's going to help. It's going to help the issue. It's going to help everyone, and it seems like this great thing. But when you get it down to its core issue, it's men are losing. The, men will lose the power they have over women, and that is an unacceptable reality for some. And it's sad. It's just sad.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, I so. I think that you you're absolutely right, Melissa. People people are scared of this, you know? People who are are hiding in their troll caves or whatever um, are scared of women having more power because it's different. That's not how the world has been. Um, And it's not not Mm -hmm. how the world operates right now. And uh, they're they're losing... They're seeing that that power is being lost. And, like, I I just want to say, I thought Emma Watson's speech was incredible. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think from, from my perspective, there's a, there's a sea change happening right now as women are becoming empowered. And I, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot and I think it's really due to, um, seeing, uh, I think it's the, it's the internet really. It took a while for it to catch up, but mm-hmm. what what you're seeing now is that, um, there's, there are these outlets now that women didn't have because, They were kept down um in the media and that's not the case anymore so more more women are rising to prominence in the media and they have access to their own media outlets and channels through social media and through online publishing and um that's why emma watson's speech goes viral because there's a need for it and there are people out Mm -hmm. there to signal boost it it'll take decades it's it will still take decades to overcome like a lot of the the stuff you know <laughs> there's there's mm-hmm. I mean we yeah. all grew up in a patriarchal society and it's not going to change overnight <laughs> yeah actually so I mean and I, I I actually talk about this stuff all the time like with with my wife and she's she's challenged me a lot because like and it's not because I'm a bad person it's just like this is this is how I was raised and there's like there's these things that I don't even think of that I do that are like, exercises in male privilege and, and that sort of thing. Hmm. And so, you know, the, you hear people say, check your privilege, and, and that does need to happen. And, and one one resource I found that I would like to point people to um, is uh, MTV, of all places, launched a really huh. amazing site called uh, lookdifferent.org. Um, and it actually... Um, what's cool about this is you don't, you can just kind of like go through at your own pace and it looks at, uh, different, different biases you might have. It kind of, it has these like little workshops you do online and they only take like five minutes each. They're kind of like little games, but you can, you can look and see like, do you have a gender bias? Do you have an anti LGBTQ bias? Do you have a racial bias? And, um, it kind oh of, wow that's
4: so interesting it's, it's a
1: really beautiful and amazing site lookdifferent.org and um, you can kind of work through your own biases here and see like how it, it'll kind of I mean I'm sure it's not perfect but it it will tell you how you're seeing the world and it will give you outlets for becoming better
3: well Emma from your Pottercast people who have been talking about you for almost a decade almost nonstop except for these last two years uh, <laughs> brava 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 i watched it it.
2: i watched it and i ended up like almost crying a little bit not even almost it was so overwhelming just to see like that this is where she is with her life now Mm -hmm. that she has achieved the success that she's had through harry potter and beyond and now she is out there in the world promoting positive being a real life hermione you know is yeah, Hermione. it's amazing. Like I, I saw I saw her- a tweet from somebody that day that said, you know, when I was growing up, like Hermione Granger was my hero and, and now it's Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really sweet. Like like what an amazing thing to do with I mean, I remember
3: uh, reporting on the, you know, I not not reporting because I wasn't actually working for Leaky at this time, but I remember reading the Leaky article when they were cast in the film. Mhm. And it was just you know, these little kids have, n- with no idea what they were going to do, with this insane fame that was being handed to them, as we all knew it was going to be, and what she's doing should really be an example for everybody who finds themselves with a mouthpiece. It's fantastic. And, uh, and going back to what I mean, Paul hopes. was
4: saying earlier, like that's what's so great about the internet. It really is a mouthpiece, a mouthpiece for people. Like you, want, it won't be as powerful. You might not be as loud as Emma Watson's voice, but at the same time you can you can support different websites you can support different organizations that that translate to money and revenue that will help communicate different yeah you can
1: say that this is where my values are and yeah and you can you can exercise that and that's that's going to create the change you know is is when people wise up to that and and when people realize that like the media the representation in our in our In our news media on TV, like our more traditional news media representation or in newspapers, skews way heavily, like 80% male. Um, And when people wise up and realize that the reason young people aren't paying attention to that is because it doesn't represent
4: them, then things will change. Yeah, and more and more companies are realizing the value of just the sheer marketing tool the internet is by like the minutia of information you can get from clicks online like people complain about like oh i googled something and now all my facebook ads are what i googled but at the same time that can you can lean into the right direction with that kind of stuff like if it's going to happen anyway people will like what you spend your time and your money on really do reflect your values
2: and that is a much better use of the internet than just you know looking at cats and uh... hey Cats are awesome. Cake and and that kind of (laughs) thing. Well,
3: if you if you care that your ability to watch anything from Emma Watson's Sea Change speech to Cats on the Internet, if you care about that, there is another (laughs) issue that you should be worried about. Yes, you should. And it's referred to as net neutrality. And we can do a whole other podcast on that another
2: day. Oh my gosh. How dangerous would it be? We should do a podcast about that.
3: Talk about the, male, and po- the ma- male power. Imagine if a bunch of a bunch of people, men who run these companies, decided that Emma Watson's speech should not be seen and lower yeah. the speeds for anybody trying to see it. This is not an abstract, maybe this could happen reality. This is currently starting to happen. Yeah, people just want to... So,
4: like it's The fact that the internet is this. taking a power <laughs> away from people who could buy that power. And then now they're like, oh, crap. And so they're trying to it's so mm.
3: anyway we can do this forever but we have a big rest of the podcast to do so let's let's not let's not even talk about the other news we'll talk about the other news next time
1: okay smash okay. the patriarchy oh
0: and about time to in the fan corner a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week
3: not me not hermione you Okay, welcome back. As promised, we are here with three of the leaders of the Harry Potter Alliance. I've got Mr. Paul DeGeorge, the current executive director.
5: Hello, Pottercast.
3: Matt Majacomo, who you've heard on this Pottercast as the whopping Willows, but I've never heard him as the chapter's director of the Harry Potter Alliance.
5: Hey, how's it going, Pottercast? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Lauren Bird, who is the the communications director and spokesperson of the HPA. Have you? Is this your first time on Pottercast?
0: Yes, this is my very first time on Pottercast. Because you were, like, in grade school when we started. (laughs) I was. uh, What year did you start? Like, 2005?
3: Yeah, I'm afraid of Yeah,
0: I was a sophomore in high school. No! I I used to listen to all the uh, Harry Potter podcasts, like, on the bus.
3: (laughs) So what you're saying is you're a MuggleCast fan.
0: Um... I, I was definitely a fan of MuggleCast. I listened I listened to the leaky mugs. Yep. I really liked those, so I knew who you guys were. I thought you guys were cool.
3: I've had a lot of experience with people telling us uh, that they were big fans of Harry Potter podcast in the day, and when they when they were an original Pottercast fan, they'll say, yeah, I've been listening to Pottercast forever, and when they were a MuggleCast fan, they'll say, I've been so into the Harry Potter podcasts for so cool. long. <laughs> so.
0: There was a brief moment I considered fibbing and say, was saying, like, oh, I listen to Pottercast, and then I was like, she's going to ask what my favorite episode was. <laughs>
3: yes i regularly grill people just to prove their fealty to to a podcast no 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 it's 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 fine we'll just like you a little bit less from now on (laughs) okay so the hp alliance so the last time that the harry potter alliance was featured here on podcast as we've talked about in the opening um it was what 2008 or
1: 9 that's the that's the best i can come up with i i didn't really deliberately search it out but i do remember I remember being on uh in 2008 probably talking about HPA work in the context of um the Wizard Rock EP of the Month Club uh which we were probably in our second year of back then um just coming on and promoting promoting that fundraising effort is is what I recall anyway. Um so yeah that was a good 6 years ago. Wow.
3: <laughs> I just, I just took a quick look on our feed, and the last time Andrew Slack was on was episode 233, uh, which I can tell you was released, because it's not very reliable, in 2011, but he was a, he was oh. a, um, it wasn't about the HPA, it wasn't like an HP Alliance podcast. The last featured podcast on the, H- about the HP Alliance was in 2007, December 2007, when we did a special podcast um, talking about Darfur
1: wow yeah that was a that was a big one but it's it's strange to think that it's been that long yeah
0: yeah well nearly seven years
1: yeah
3: almost a whole hogwarts term oh Oh, wow (laughs) so we are as always on it here at podcast um
1: up to up to the minute up to up to the minute news from the, the wizarding world (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's us delivered by actual owls and we tie them to the owl's legs i don't know what happens after that but we use an arrow (laughs) (laughs) we're we're using arrow that's that's the problem but regardless the hpa has always been a big part of um of of our lives here on podcast we talk about it a lot we just haven't had a really good chance to kind of sit and catch up so why don't we tell everybody about where the hpa is now now that it has grown past um wizard of wizard rock EP of the Month Club. Past our initial efforts toward Darfur, there's been huge, epic changes in it. And so, um, let's—if somebody can speak to its its core mission statement right now. I know that on the on the website and on the Equality for the Win page, it simply says that the HPA turns fans into heroes.
0: Well, yeah, we we like to say that we turn fans into heroes, and that's that's not like a, a metaphor or an exaggeration from where we're standing. Um, To us, what that really means is, you know, taking people like ourselves who are fans of of Harry Potter or other fandoms and using our enthusiasm as fans and using uh, the community spirit that comes from being in a fan community and also using the lessons that we learn and and the symbolism and the metaphors from all of these amazing stories and, and taking all of that and then using that to inspire work on real world issues. And so whether you're someone who is participating in one of our campaigns or you've started a chapter and you're doing work with that chapter, uh, any way that you're using sort of the spirit of the fan community to work on real world issues that's making a difference in the world and that's that's changing the world and that's you becoming a hero that you read about. Awesome.
3: Now, when we the last time we focused on the HPA, I don't even think we had a chapters program. So, uh, Matt, do you want to, when you say chapters, when you say you can get involved with the chapter, what does that, what does that mean to people?
5: We've seen over the past with the Harry Potter fandom, there are so many um, groups in cities across the world doing um, awesome stuff together in the name of fandom, and chapters sort of take that one step further by giving um, people who care about their communities and want to make the world a better place. Um, giving them a way to sort of funnel their their fan energy into projects that make impact in their communities.
3: And are they mostly at schools, uh, you know, like universities, libraries, or are they more community-based?
5: I would say about two-thirds of our program is sort of school-based, whether that's high school, middle school, or college, and then about a third of our program is community-based. We also have um, library chapters, which is kind of a new a new thing. We've always had chapters that use libraries as sort of a home base, but we are actually actively engaging librarians in the process now.
1: I'll say as, as I was prepping for this sort of almost in a retrospective fashion, I was going back to like trying to figure out when our chapters program started. Uh, And it really does go back to the very beginning of the Harry Potter Alliance as a, as an idea. Um, Yep. And we knew that um, there was go- there was going to be people who grew up with Harry Potter and would get to high school or college and want to celebrate that. Um, and we wanted HPA chapters to kind of be the logical place for them to celebrate that. So it wasn't just a fan club. Um, because that's the sort of traditional thing you see when somebody gets to call you join like your sci-fi fantasy book club or whatever we didn't we wanted hpa chapters to be something more than that and a place to enable people to do really cool projects and really cool work um, and because that's that's at the end of the day what what these books are about is is you know fighting the injustices of of the magical world so why not do that um as harry potter fans but it really started to take off probably uh 2008 and um over the last year, year and a half, um, we've really invested a lot and that's, you know, we're we're kind of on here to talk about our, our annual fundraiser, Quality for the Win, and one of the things that that supports is this chapters program of 270 uh, plus chapters all over the world and it supports them by, you know, giving them resources to do their work and giving them a lot of um, training and um education to to make them better leaders and organizers. Well, Great sorry, segue me. opportunity, Melissa.
3: I was about <laughs> to say <laughs> Well actually what I what I was about to say, but I think Matt Matt you were gonna say something, so oh, I wanna yeah. let you go.
5: <clears throat> yeah, well um to follow that train, um just in the past year, uh, you know, we've been trying to keep up with all this growth and provide our chapter organizers with you know really amazing resources and training and janae uh, one of our fantastic volunteers um, pitched this idea for a training program and so i checked it out and i forwarded it around to the rest of senior staff and we all went crazy over it it was amazing Um, sort of like a harry potter themed training program where CEOs would go through various workshops and sort of feel like they were experiencing the wizarding world while they were obtaining skills, um, which is super cool. And it's all culminated into a new leadership conference um, that we are launching uh, next month in Alabama from October 17 to 19. And it's called Granger Leadership Academy because Hermione Granger was basically the first HPA CEO. And... Uh, yeah, cool stuff.
3: I cannot wait for the HPA Granger Leadership Academy. Why I'm is going that? Be, I, am go- I am a special guest at the Granger Leadership Academy. I'm going to be uh, getting really involved in things and talking about uh, passion and leadership and mm-hmm. how they co-mingle. And a speech soon to be written, Matt.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I know you're going to be amazing. And we have um, we also have some other amazing people in addition to Melissa. We have Andrew Slack, uh, the president of the Harry Potter Alliance. He is going to be one of our keynotes. Um, And then our other keynote keynote is Taylor McCadney, who is a rebel advocate at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And she is an amazing activist and leader on that campus. And uh, we also have Steph Anderson from Talks in the oars who will be playing a dual role at the conference. She's going to be giving a special presentation on sort of identity and how that affects leadership in fandom communities, and then she's also performing as Talks in the Ores.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this all—I mean, it sounds incredible. How do people? How do people go and get involved? Get- you know What's the website for Granger Leadership Academy?
5: It is GrangerLeadershipAcademy.com The deadline is the 7th of October and um, you can make your room reservations up to that date um, and it's going to be great.
3: This is one of the things that Equality for the Win is supporting. We t- We said in the beginning of this chat we're having right now, or one of you did, that it has now grown beyond Harry Potter. We're starting to um include other fandoms and so can we talk about that a little bit and ha- what the evolution has been like and why the people who are still here for the harry potter talk should be just as concerned and involved as they always were
1: well i'll say that in some ways it's uh our trajectory has been similar to our friends at LeakyCon um oh. <laughs> and geeky when you when you realize that um people, a lot of people aren't exclusively a part of one fandom. Um, And uh, we, we've always kind of had, uh, had that great existential question, like what happens after Harry Potter? And for us, it, it sort of took this natural course where we began to work with a lot of different partners who um, didn't identify exclusively as Harry Potter fans. Um, I mean, real specifically, um, we started working with John and Hank Green um, back in 2008, you know. So we started working with them really on and doing uh, different projects with them. Candles for Rwanda, I think, was one of our first projects with them, and um, we we actually helped to orchestrate some of the early project for Awesomes, um, and we um, and the, and the big moment, which we talked about earlier, was helping Haiti heal. Obviously, um, where we brought all these sort of like multi-fandoms together in that effort. And that got us thinking that um, our place as the HPA was to kind of be a leader in uh, what we call fan activism. And the idea that uh, fandom can extend beyond um, just uh, geeking out over something and can extend to doing um, really cool and innovative work within, within a fandom um, that's, you know progressive and, uh, in nature, um, and not, not exclusively doing, um, charity efforts, I think. Um, so we, we do want to, we want to include that, those, that charity work, but also get beyond into like the realm of advocacy and changing culture, shaping culture based off of, um, you know, a, a shared value set.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I will say in, in terms of people who are listening, who Harry Potter is obviously their number one fandom, uh, I think it still is for us. You know, our name is still the Harry Potter Alliance. If you look at our social media, most of our cheese ball jokes are all Harry Potter based. And I think the evolution into working with other fandoms was just kind of, it, it, it was what the whole community was doing. Um, everyone in the Harry Potter fandom started getting into other fandoms, uh, whether because Harry Potter was ending or just because the idea of being in a fandom and being enthusiastic about things has kind of become a more common idea. And I, I like to always say that, Harry Potter is kind of like the Beatles of fandom which which is to say that like if you look at someone's Tumblr you know they're probably not like reblogging all that much Harry Potter stuff and if you ask them what their favorite fandoms are they might not even list Harry Potter first they're gonna list like their more current fandoms like the TV shows that they're really watching at the time but eventually they'll be like oh 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 and Harry Potter of course
3: what's been some of your favorite stuff that you guys have seen come out of this cross-cultural interest we've got going here
0: I think one cool thing is uh, a lot of nerdfighter meetup groups recently uh, have started to sort of take on projects similar to HPA chapters or kind of merge together with HPA chapters. That's a really cool thing to see.
5: Totally. We've we've seen amazing things happen. Um, Basically, whenever HPA chapters and nerdfighters intersect or blend, um, some incredible projects have happened. We've seen that. a lot with our European chapters. Um, the Netherlands has a huge Nerdfighter gathering and um, part of the gathering is also an HPA chapter and they've worked collaboratively and they're actually um, doing a huge project this fall, uh, which has a bunch of different aspects to it. But um, we've seen that, we've seen um, like Pittsburgh, uh, the HPA chapter we have there is also a Nerdfighter group. And so a lot of that connection is happening.
3: Yeah, and all of the Nerdfighter crossover, it's just, it's just a reminder of the way that it all kind of really, it all really evolved naturally. The first, the first LeakyCon, you know, is where we all met John and Hank, and then all that was involved. You know, LeakyCon is now growing in the same way, and the, the, the Nerdfighter community kind of rose up at the same time as the HPA community, as the LeakyCon, you know, all, all that, everything there. So it's been a really natural at least from this board member's perspective, um, evolution of, of things. And it seems like the HPA is just uh, following where the passions are, if that makes
0: yeah. sense. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll say from a personal note that even though I was kind of like a observer of the Harry Potter fan community, like all through high school, and I, th- I think I had heard of the Harry Potter Alliance at some point, I didn't really hear about it and understand what it was. Until Helping Haiti Heal in 2010, when uh, the Harry Potter Alliance joined up with John and Hank and, and a bunch of other YouTubers and wizard rockers. But at that point, I'd been watching John and Hank's videos for quite a while. And that was that was the moment for me that I was like, oh, this is the Harry Potter Alliance. So even though I came from the Harry Potter fan community, I actually kind of heard about the Harry Potter Alliance through Nerdfighteria.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think that. Uh, uh, as an outsider, not not that I'm not a part of those communities, but what what I've seen is that so many people in that Nerdfighter community, John and Hank, do such a great job of rallying people, generating this passion and enthusiasm, and people are really looking for an outlet for it. Um, For a lot of people, the HPA has become that outlet because it is so rich in this sort of context world that people are really into, whether it's Harry Potter or, or Nerdfighter Nerdfighteria or whatever we I mean we are fans we get that um and we want to work with that
3: if somebody was interested in the HPA today from hearing this um where what are the most recent examples of things that they can look at and say oh they did this what were some of the most successful or most exciting recent things you've seen happen through the HPA
0: well, every year we run a book drive that we call Accio Books. Uh, over the years we've donated. Our, our, sorry, what? I thought.
3: Sorry, you cut out, and so I thought you said Acio Book, I got very confused. <laughs> just one book. <laughs> We're just raising one one book goal. a year. <laughs> <laughs> <Really
1: inactive>.
3: Setting <laughs> setting the good goals here. At
1: the <laughs> it's a really We're good modest. book.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's called Harry Potter. Yeah, after seven years, we'll get through the Harry Potter series.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, still quicker than the original release. Anyways, yeah, every year we run run a book drive called Accio Books, and we have a different recipient every year. Um, But we actually, so we have a main recipient, but we also have um, chapters raising books, collecting books in their local communities. So there's actually tons of recipients every year. Um, But each year we have a main one that if you want to send books to, to this one, organization you can, and so this year uh, the recipient was the Brightmoor Community Center in Detroit, Michigan. Um, Brightmoor is really like the most challenged neighborhood in Detroit, which of course is a very challenged city in general. Um, We were, our chapters and our members were able to collect 10,000 books that we sent to this community center, and what was kind of a unique thing this year was that instead of just kind of sending the books to this place and letting them go and, and letting the organization do whatever with them. Um, we actually ran a whole event at the community center this this year, it was actually just a couple weeks ago. And we, with the help of some of our local chapters, we set up an operating library. And for a day, the whole community got to come and take as many books as they wanted, just totally for free. And we had some donations of like school supplies as well. And so that was a really, really kind of magical day to get to see the difference that everyone's donations and all of their hard work collecting those books to really see it pay off. So that was one of my favorite things that we've done this past year.
3: Can you explain the operating library? Because this is one of my favorites as well. Yeah,
0: what the operating library is, is this cool project that Paul, I think, came up with the idea. And uh, we launched it at LeakyCon London last year. And the basic idea is it's it's pretty much a book swap. Um, there's a couple more elements to it, though. So when we do it at some, somewhere like LeakyCon, we tell people ahead of time to bring a book and we encourage it to be like a book they really like, like the kind of book you'd want to share with your best friend. And uh, especially encourage them to annotate it if they want, leave a note in there, leave some nerdfighter notes. And then when they come to the event, they can drop the book off. And later on in the event, after lots of people have dropped their books off, uh, people can come back and they redeem a voucher and they get to pick out someone else's book. And so then it's really fun because you're, you're getting to take home a book that um, probably you will like because our communities are all um, similar interests. We always get like, you know, 12 copies of Faulkner Fault in Our Stars and stuff like that. Uh, and, and there's probably Nerdfighter notes and annotations in there, so that's really cool. But even on top of that, what we also do is every single one of those books gets uh, cataloged into our operating library database. And soon you will be able to go online and actually get to look up everywhere in the world that your book has been. And it really is everywhere in the world because we started it in London. So we had people from all over Europe bringing books. And we've also run it uh, in Boston, in New York, in Anaheim, California, in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and when we ran it at the Yule Ball in Boston, I think, I, there was actually one girl who came up and she had the book that she got from the Apparating Library in London. It was so cool. It was like, yes, it's working. <laughs> so it's great. It's an, that's an, it's an amazing program. Um, really
3: fun and the idea that a library will just pop up out of nowhere I mean it's actually true this is not an exaggeration <laughs> so yeah
1: great. I mean the, the first day of LeakyCon we have our, our HBA booth and it's empty I mean it's not empty we have a lot of t-shirts for sale dftba.com slash HBA um, and uh, but so the booth is empty and then all of like I think we had close to a thousand books this year that were donated at LeakyCon and um, so then, by day day two or three of LeakyCon, there's all of a sudden a library of a thousand books, and people get to pick out a book.
3: And by yeah, by the end of this year's, by the end of Orlando, it was overflowing. There were books. you had to like put everything in the lounge because there were just too many.
0: Yeah, we had a bit of a crowd control problem. Apologies for that.
3: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna work on that for GeekyCon. We're gonna work on on getting you guys some bookshelves and or whatever yeah. or somebody to. There- organized there the, could be a loss a yeah.
1: lot worse problems to have than a bunch of people trying to get books
0: yeah exactly <laughs>
1: absolutely <laughs> we ran uh, a really cool hunger games themed campaign um last fall around the um the time that the catching fire movie came out at its heart the the hunger games is really a story about like um the the economic inequality of um, Pan Am. And Pan Am is is just the United States in like a sort of post-apocalyptic uh, dystopian future. But what what we saw was that um, the, all the the movies are great. Um, and I, I, I really do like the movies, but all the the marketing around them seemed so tone deaf. Um, and so we wanted to kind of hack into that marketing and use it in a way, that would talk about the economic um, inequality issues that are, are affecting not just the U.S. but um, uh, countries all over the world in different ways. And we were orchestrating sort of these online protests using the three-finger salute, and we we're having people like post that on their social media profiles and in in comments uh, on uh, Hunger Games-like propaganda. <laughs> Uh, they, they were running a really cool transmedia campaign where they were putting out posts on social media as the capital and we were kind of engaging and interacting with that. But what we ended up seeing was that this work then translated and it really captured the imaginative, imagination of a lot of people and we saw this kind of being adapted in other places and we were, you know, we saw people starting to use the Hunger Games as a way to talk about economic inequality and even like in, in this past spring, we saw like um, uh, low wage workers adopting the three finger salute as a uh, way of um, uh, as a means of protest. You know, we there were these uh, fast food workers strikes in New York with fast food workers doing three finger salutes, you know. Um, and so we started to see this kind of spread into other areas and start to be a, a larger part of. Um, the conversation, um, not just the conversation around the Hunger Games, but the conversation around economic inequality, and I think it's so cool to know that that fans are responsible for making that happen. You know, because because it's not the movie studio. You know, it's no, it's it's, <laughs> um, it's like this fan response to, and it's it, and that's really true to uh, I think what what being a fan is, which is. Um, uh, doing like these stories speak to us on a personal level. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, we're going to be continuing that campaign, um, in the, in the next month or two, um, uh, as the next Hunger Games movie comes out, Mockingjay part one. So we're going, we're going to be asking people to think about, um, what district they're in or what, what their own story is, um, uh, related to the Hunger Games. You know, like how are you experiencing, the world in a way that is like living in one of the districts.
3: What district are you in?
1: You know, I haven't, um, I have to think about it more. We actually, we've created a really cool framework. Um, you can go to, uh, we are the districts.tumblr.com and, and check out, we've kind of broken down the districts almost by issue.
5: Yeah. We are the districts basically splits the issue, the very broad issue of economic inequality into 12 um, issues that involve economic inequality and that are sort of part of it. Um, And so we have, yeah, we have media access, we have healthcare access, we have um, gender inequities, we have um, environmental justice, we have violence um, as sort of a byproduct of poverty. Um, We have all kinds of stuff in there.
3: So if the HPA were to... Were to do everything it's aiming to do right now. What would what would that look like? What would what
0: what is the HPA's overarching goal? We want to send the Harry Potter books into space. I knew you were gonna.
3: You know what? As soon as you said yeah. we want to send, I said she's gonna say Potter books into space.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's first yeah. first
1: books on the moon.
0: <sighs> yeah, All right, did they have no books with them on that trip?
1: I doubt I, it.
0: I think they did. Ha- they might have had like. Um, some, you know, like a box of, like, cultural things. This <laughs> is I just... feel like I've read something like that at some point. Do
1: you guys think there's wizards on the moon? In the moon, for sure. In the moon. Where does that
0: face come from? <laughs> In the moon.
3: <laughs> the man on the moon, hello. He's got to be a wizard.
1: <laughs> we gave, like, the worst answer ever to the HPA's dreams.
3: That's okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I think that's actually pretty indicative of the HPA. But let's let's do one that's a little bit close to this, this gravitational pull. Yeah.
1: So we want to see fans who are empowered to change the world, um, and and one of the big ways we are doing that is through like our chapters program and through the through the uh, the Granger Leadership Leadership Academy. Um, you know we want to be training future leaders. So many of the people in in our volunteer staff right now um, have come to us through. Um, through chapters as chapter organizers so they've already kind of proven themselves to be leaders and now they're becoming leaders of our organization and they'll be the next generation of people leading the harry potter alliance um so they'll they'll be the the people you have on this uh podcast seven years from now you know the
3: <laughs> next time you talk time. about the hpa I, <laughs> listen as as if, if the recent past has taught me anything, Pottercast will be around seven years from now. So. We got a lot of Fantastic Beast movies coming out. Three of them. That's seven. That's about seven years of. Oh my god. <laughs> that's a lot of Potter talk. Well, with that, I'm gonna send us into a little break where you'll hear a bit, a little bit more about the HPA. And when we come back, I want to talk about Equality for the Win, which is the annual campaign that should be all over your Twitter feed right now. If it's not, you should just. Just go tweet the hashtag Equality for the Win just for fun. That's it. Your whole tweet. Equality for the Win. Hashtag. Equality for the win, equalityftw.org. That's where you can go and check out all these amazing prizes. Not prizes, but things that you can buy. Um, and as a special bonus, also be supporting the HPA and its projects throughout the year uh, by by doing so. What are some of the biggest things there on this beautiful website, guys? Whoa, we've got a lot of fun stuff this year.
1: Well, I, I'll say we always we always try and stack, stack it up with like, stuff that we think is super interesting and unique you know and and we're fortunate to have a lot of partners who really support our work um at the harry potter Lions. so uh we've got stuff from john and hank we've got stuff from star kids we've got stuff from GeekyCon. uh okay i'll i'll just come right out with the best thing we have which is uh maureen johnson <laughs> yeah. writing um, Green Brothers, Sherlock, <laughs> Dorito, fan <fiction>. um, So <laughs> <laughs> It's like, this, <laughs> this is the ever? best thing. Uh, I,
3: yeah, I agree.
1: It might be ever. I, I actually, I, I had a conversation with, with Hank about it, and he's like, I don't understand why Maureen's bothering writing anything except for stuff like A Study in <laughs> Sync, which was her first... <laughs> Her first uh, Green Brothers uh, Cumberbatch crossover fanfic, um, which was a perk for last year's fundraiser. Um, and uh, gosh, maybe we can maybe we can plug in a little audio snippet of somebody Please. reading. Uh, Please, let's do that. Reading a clip. Can
2: somebody... Can we do that?
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll record that These later. These are delicious. And play it now.
2: Benedict Cumberbatch said, who else knows about this? Everyone, I think... John said wearily. Little kids, college students, people with skateboards. This triangle snack is the key. The bag was soon emptied. John Green put down some more Doritos, this time in a plastic bowl to make it nicer. This too was soon empty. I want more angry triangle snack, called Benedict Cumberbatch, banging his bowl on the table. All right, all right, said John Green. Calm down.
3: ha ha so
5: funny (laughs) boy was that funny (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: um so yeah there you go there's a clip of um what what uh what goes on inside the twisted mind of maureen johnson and she's she's promised more this year uh uh along those it's a sequel uh so in the first in the first volume we do uh uh, it involves John Green helping uh, a, um, a confused Benedict Cumberbatch uh, return to England uh, and and saving saving the Sherlock show really uh, almost single handedly uh, but with the help of of Hank and Catherine Green um, and an inflatable submarine
0: naturally um, <laughs> and naturally. a lot of Doritos
1: and a lot of Doritos and maureen's maureen's promised to really go all in and include um well according to her twitter she says um the more you donate the more just nudity please tell me it's only cumberbatch be. nudity
3: i can't take
0: any of those other people oh. i do just want to say that there was no n- nudity in last years so well, why no she's promising it
5: this year
1: year's fanfic um, and it if was you-
0: totally clean <laughs>
1: So you could—it's twenty dollars, and if you donate, we'll actually send you oh. a copy of last year's fanfic, so you can—you can get yeah, we'll we'll have that to you, so you can Ready. be uh, fully up to speed <laughs> with the story as as we'll join it nice. in the sequel. So that's 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 my favorite. I know I took everybody's favorite, but I'm sure we can talk about some of the other wonderful perks.
0: Yeah, well, one thing I like that we're doing this year is uh, we're getting a little bit of, of artwork featured from the community, not just from some of the, the bigger names out there. But so last year, uh, John wrote The Price of Dawn, which is the the book that Augustus, Augustus's favorite book in The Fault in Our Stars. And so John actually wrote an excerpt of that as a perk last year, and what we did alongside that is we had a cover art contest for it. So lots of people submitted their own covers that they imagined for The Price of Dawn, and uh, we had John choose his favorite. And so the winner was Risa Rodil, who made an amazing cover, and a lot of you might know her from her designs that you see all over Tumblr, and DFTBA sells a lot of them now. So one of our perks this year is actually a poster version of Risa's uh, cover for The Price of Dawn, and John's going to be signing them. So you can get signed posters <laughs> of Risa's <laughs> artwork of this It's a really cool, from it's, a it's, cool
3: really, really like, it's a super cool poster. It's really <laughs> It looks like it, you would walk past it in the movie theater. Yeah. yeah and I love, uh, that's uh, a, another thing that I love. I know this is like everything. Nerdfighter Love on Parade, but it's another thing that I love about what John and Hank do is that they find all these people who are really good and perhaps underappreciated, and they start featuring their stuff, and those people tend to grow really large so it's nice Mm -hmm. it's a nice supportive
1: and it's they find their audience just that they grow really large it's that they I mean they 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 find Mm -hmm. an audience and uh they get better I've I've seen it you can look at Risa's work and see how much she's improved as a designer because um her designs have been encouraged and featured through through those platforms it's really cool um uh, I I gotta I gotta give a shout out though. Uh, one of uh, so Maureen's Maureen's perk is uh, top notch, <laughs> um, but there's another fan fiction oh, perk right. that we have. <laughs>
3: Things I agree to while in conversation with Paul D'Orge. <laughs> That's what that perk is called. <laughs>
1: Somehow, somehow I'm able to convince people to really get outside their comfort zone. And, uh, and Melissa this year has agreed to write yes, a Harry Potter true. fanfic. And that's not all. That's not all. So last year, one of the things... One of the best perks we had was um, Hank Green wrote a Harry Potter fanfic. And if that wasn't cool enough, we got Ivana Lynch to narrate it. So it was a short story um, about the sort of an origin story for the Room of Requirement almost. Um, And uh, Ivana narrated it. Um, And we're really excited to, to hopefully make that an annual thing. And so Ivana will be narrating Melissa's fanfic. So you'll get you'll get a download of it and like a book on tape. I, um, you know, So
3: I'm still deciding what this fanfic is going to be about. Um and I I mean, okay, Harry Potter will I suggest Harry Potter. I I I might make it a crossover with Ghostwriter, as we discovered last night. It was a fantastic children's television show that is underrepresented <laughs> in the world. No. But and so I'm actually taking suggestions. Uh I'm not promising to take one of those suggestions, but I'm—I really I want to know <laughs> if people could choose anything of the non-pornographic variety for me to write in fan fiction in HP fan fiction. What kind of like area it would be in? So, send us an email, staff at podcast.com, or uh, you know, ta- Twitter, tweet it.
0: You can tweet Twitter. it. Hashtag, hashtag um, quality, quality w,
3: and then also hashtag it. I don't know, Melissa. Melissa Daly, just Just my whole name.
1: at reply. What's your, Um, what's your handle? Or, you know. There you go.
3: So, yeah.
5: (laughs) I'm really scared.
1: But, but so we were, we were talking yesterday and you were saying that as far as your inclination, you're, you're definitely more inclined to be. Yeah, though, um, I I will say that,
3: um, that was also 11 years ago and, and I don't, this is not going to be a okay. study in fantastic, serious writing. This is going to be a lot of fun, I hope.
1: Oh, so are you, yeah, be you're goofy. ready to like, not? Uh, get a little experimental Matt is oh, always telling
3: people privately and telling me privately okay. that I'm a weirdo and nobody <laughs> gets to see it. And he's he's kind of right. Like, I don't share that <laughs> with the world very much. So maybe I can do it through fan fiction.
5: Or you could just do <laughs> oh, right that's now. it That's <laughs> it. <laughs>
3: Gotta keep your your ears perked up. Bring it back. Okay. (laughs) Fish in a barrel. Paul starts laughing every time. (laughs) It's great.
1: It's the funniest thing. It's just well, that is that's exactly what Matt's talking about. Is like you don't let it show through, (laughs) and when all of a sudden you do bust out a Cartman impression, it's like. It comes from a repression
3: (laughs) of my weirdo instincts. Then it just bursts forth in form of Cartman.
0: Perks, other favorite perks. Well, we've taken a leaf out of Project For Awesome's book this year. Uh, the last couple of years, Project For Awesome has had the Men of YouTube calendar, and last year they added the Women of YouTube calendar. So we it. decided that we're going to do the puppets. Please of tell me YouTube their strategic calendar.
3: placement of fabric.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've got this <laughs>
3: puppets of YouTube calendar. <laughs>
0: uh well actually we didn't even bother with placing the fabric Just...
1: ooh <laughs> is that dumbledore's
5: birthday month uh
0: when is dumbledore's birthday
5: check your uh puppets of youtube calendar <laughs> yeah
0: we'll make sure to include that one it will actually include uh dates of of some characters birthdays and important fandom dates, like the, you know, Victory Day and the Harry Potter Alliance's birthday. So it won't just have fun puppets. It'll also be, like, your ultimate fandom calendar to have.
1: I, okay, so there's, uh, there's a few perks that are yet to come, um, but they, I don't know when we're going live with this, but there's definitely going to be some, some really choice GeekyCon perks happening, um, and... Uh, a lot of them will be going up on October 9th when we have the big GeekyCon. Uh, yeah,
3: we're doing a big launch for GeekyCon because we've been pretty mum on on plans and how it's gonna how GeekyCon is gonna be different from past Licki slash GeekyCons um, and. And what it's going to look like. So we're going to try and drum up some some excitement for 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 that, uh, for so that you get a lot of info out of it and that we have some fun. We'll have some special guests. We'll hopefully maybe even have some music, and it'll be a great time just like last year. October ninth, 8:30 Eastern time. And when will that be? Which it's really late for for Britain, but you can watch. It will be recorded. I can hear all the complaints of Europe coming at my face right now. So yeah, no. But it's it's 8:30 uh, Eastern time. We'll have a we're gonna have a ton of fun. Everybody's super pumped because we haven't really uh, delved in yet. You know, the, late October last year was when we even opened Reg for, for LeakyCon. So so we're not even in the kind of normal months yet. And as a matter of fact, some good reveals be and some, we'll have some, big some reveals. More perks that you can get. There are certain things that we give out typically through Quality for the Win that we don't give out anywhere else, like um, witch bands, right? and uh certain passes certain certain perks that you can only that you can get at the conference only by get, by doing equality for the win so there's like you can jump certain lines and have unlimited access to you know not unlimited but i think you get access to all the autographing sessions and stuff like that you know which actually came in really handy this year
5: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah they're yeah i bet um well that's that's one of our favorite things is that uh You guys are so generous and able to offer these really cool perks that will kind of supplement your GeekyCon experience, which is going to be great no matter what perks you get from the HPA. But uh, I will say uh, I do want to talk about the campaign more, but before we do that, we haven't even mentioned a couple of the most amazing things. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, there's one I need to mention. I don't even know which one you're talking about (laughs) <laughs> because they're all super amazing. The one I was going to mention was that um, we mentioned Ivana Lynch earlier and how she's narrating Melissa's fanfic. But she also donated a bunch of perks. And uh, we've got signed uh, signed books. Um, she's signing a bunch of um, Prisoner of Azkaban books for us. She's actually helped us in the past three years. And each year we keep uh, going going to the next book in the series so eventually in like 2019 or something (laughs) we'll have her signing Deathly Hallows but for right now we're on on Prisoner of Azkaban and so you can get a signed copy from Ivana. She's also doing posters Um, and the coolest one is maybe these personalized voicemails Um, and uh, here's a clip that we can play. Uh, She basically will record your outgoing voicemail message as Luna Lovegood. So check this out.
5: Hello. This is Luna Lovegood, and you've reached the muggle messaging machine of Tracy. She can't come to the phone right now because her brain is befuddled by spurts. But if you leave a message with me, I'll make sure she gets it. It's incredible. Nargles.
1: Isn't that amazing?
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, these are so cool. This was actually the perk Matt got last year.
5: Yeah. Best perk ever. <laughs> Do you use it? Um... Mm, you know i haven't really figured out how i just really like having it (laughs) that's actually a fair point i guess you just just play it i mean you could play it like i guess i could play it into my phone but that would sound kind of like garbage so i just just haven't bothered but you know it's a great perk for a good cause am i sort of like convincing people not to get it now yeah. yeah, that was <laughs> that was awful. Wait, wait, you wait, okay do Back up. I have it on my phone. I use it. It's great. In fact, when people call me, they comment, "Wow, your outgoing message is awesome." Yeah. There are definitely like, easy ways near to make phone it your That's
3: you're speaking. I think that's probably so, the easiest thing you can do.
0: I think as we're on Pottercast, probably, you know, the ultimate perk yeah. that we have available is a signed copy of, is it Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah, by J.K. Rowling, and it, it's not just like a signed copy that you know we picked off of eBay or something. This was actually donated by J.K. Rowling specifically for Equality for the Win, and uh, it it we're not just like putting one at a really high donation price. We actually have a contest, so you can pay just twenty dollars, just a twenty dollar donation, and maybe you will That's win. Freaking it. awesome!
1: Yeah. Chances are you will if
3: you're the winner. <laughs> but at this moment, I'm looking at it and people are slacking, I don't man. Know, I don't we, know only I 18 trying. have been bought so far, and that's psh, I have a one in 18 chance right now of winning that thing. Not I would really. run and get it right now.
1: Oh, yeah, that's well, one in 18 today. But by the time this comes out, hopefully, hopefully more. We're excited. saying
3: that this is a of,
1: from our end, of the world of from, contests where signed
3: J.K. Rolling Things exist. This is mm-hmm. a really good one
1: (laughs) yeah i think last year we had somewhere between five and six hundred entries maybe so those are those are pretty decent chances and you could you can enter multiple times that's that's fine so if you want to give a hundred dollar donation to the hba and you you just have enough cool t-shirts and tote bags then enter the contest five times one of the cool things uh that we have is uh um Hank Green this year has has donated something really cool. Um we have we have <laughs> these signed tour posters by Hank. Um and those are amazing. We I, I was just on tour with Hank recently with Harry and the Potters, and uh we made these great tour posters with a pretty badass owl on the tour poster, and we got those signed by everybody who was a part of that tour. Um, so those are available, but, uh, one of the really cool perks that Hank's a part of is that in a recent Vlogbrothers video, he, um, he's, he just moved into a new house. So he was kind of like packing, packing up old stuff and came across this trove of things from his high school and college years. Um, and he was kind of showing those off in the video and I was (laughs) like, Hey Hank, want to package those up and, uh, turn them into a perk? Um, so Hank is putting together a, a small zine, which is like a little little magazine of um, of his favorite or least favorite um, nice. high school <laughs> moments. Um, I have no idea what's going to be in this, um, but it is a a very well, limited and exclusive yeah. peek into uh, Hank Green's high school years. So that's that's one of the really rad things that you can get, um, and that's we also have a. We also have so many cool HBA things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh not to not to toot our own horn too loudly, but we made a, a bunch of sort of exclusive uh items for the fundraiser as well, including a wizard activist t shirt. Um uh activist is not Publicly. a word to use uh, in in a public <laughs> yeah. space. I agree. <laughs> Why not? That's playing this joke out to the Why? end.
5: <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs>
1: uh, five ever. Yeah, we've got a Wizard Activist shirt, and we've got a uh, a Books Turn Muggles into Wizards tote bag, something people have been asking us about forever, um, but we haven't, haven't put up in our online store, so it's exclusive to the fundraising campaign. That's pretty cool. And we also have our own uh, quarterly magazine that we publish um, called The Wand, the Wizard Activist News Dispatch. So... Um, you can kind of get all those perks separately, or they're collected in a few different batches, including the really cool um, what do we call it? The Ultimate Hermione Pack, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which includes um, the Wizard Activist T-shirt, that tote bag, a subscription to the Wand, bookmarks. We got a really nice, classy books turn Muggles into wizards journal. And are really excellent. <laughs> I love that one. Hang in there, baby crookshanks. Well, poster. just a quick,
3: a couple more words about the, the campaign itself. Um, it's called Equality for the Win, but it, it is, you know, it is for the HPAs. The entirety. People are, I think, I think uh, are sometimes a little bit confused about whether this is one, one campaign of the HPAs and what the equality means and Equality for the Win. And if it's a general HPA campaign, why is it called Equality for the Win? So, if you guys could address that, that'd be
1: great. Yeah, well, so one of the things that we've done over the last few years is we've kind of identified the areas in which we work. and uh, we, we kind of saw a lot of common themes. and And what we, what we saw was that a, a lot of it came came together under this equality banner. And that's not just LGBTQ equality. Um, as is often the convention, but we're also talking about economic equality. We're talking about educational equality. We're talking about gender equality. So all of these things kind of come together and are, are at the core of, like, the things we believe and in the, in the progress we want to see. So that's kind of where the, where the name comes from. And um, for us, it's helpful to give people an idea of the work we do, um, and to say, like, when you support us, this is the work you're supporting. You're supporting fans and you're supporting equality on these different levels, you know? Um, so that's, that's where the name comes from. And, and what you are supporting is a lot of the stuff we've talked about already, which is that, you know, we are helping to, to train future leaders and we're, we're, we are the sort of model for fan activism. Um, And we're starting to see that that's spilling over into other places too, you know, and into other fan communities even. We saw a cool uh, campaign in the spring around uh, Game of Thrones uh, that was looking at um, the sort of uh, Mm -hmm. student loan debt as an (laughs) issue. And it was called Game of Loans. Um, So we're seeing um, other, other fandoms and other communities start to adopt this idea of using fandom for for a purpose.
0: We're actively helping to um, sort of like make those connections happen uh, with other organizations. Like we're actively working with other organizations who maybe aren't a part of fan communities and sort of um, lead the way for them and, and show them how they can use popular culture and how they can uh, activate fan communities or younger communities who aren't always a part of activism. And to see that being able to happen now, you know, especially just like thinking back that the last time the HPA was on Pottercast was 2007. You know, back then the HPA was already doing a lot, but it was was just within the fan community. It was kind of like a cool thing for the fan community to be able to do. But in those seven years, we've grown so much with our members, like within the community and outside of the community and the impact that our organization and all of our members are now able to have on fan activism on fandom on activism in general it's just kind of incredible to see that and that growth and that evolution has been possible because of our members and because of the core harry potter fan community um so I know, this, is, this is the time of year when we do our fundraiser we always kind of get kind of sappy with thanking people because it's it's such an overwhelming time to see the gratitude that comes out um from our members so it's kind of a wonderful time
1: and <laughs> it it really is. It's, it's awesome, and I, I'll say that uh, our members are what make our work possible. You know, there's a lot of outside skepticism about what we do, and there's still that stigma attached to fandom and being a fan, and people, people look skeptically at fandom. And um, we're trying to combat that and, and fix that, but uh, the world still hasn't kind of come around. So as an organization, it can be challenging for us to convince like bigger donors or foundations that like, yes, the work we do is real. So in the past, I mean, our primary source of funding has been, um, our membership and, and Harry Potter fans and this fan community that we're a part of. And we're, we're so grateful for that. And, and this is the time of year where we ask that fan community to support us. And, um, we're lucky to, that there are other endeavors within the fan community like leakycon and geekycon and and project for awesome who have also helped support our work you know project for awesomes donated um, probably close to or over a hundred thousand dollars to the HBA and uh, leakycon uh, has donated well over a hundred thousand dollars to the HBA probably at this point with, if you include the donations they make as perks 200 or more. <laughs> thousands of dollars um so it really is uh, thank you melissa and, and thank you everybody who's a part of that but it really is we feel so lucky to have a, a community that supports our work and we we try and honor that all year long
3: um no it's our pleasure we love it and um that's um why we like to make sure people still know what what's what's happening here so i'm so grateful that you guys took the time to really get in there and and show people what you know when when hpa was a focus of podcast last i think for me the biggest difference is just the, the scope i mean we were just getting our footing back in 07 but you know it's we've done some incredible things and we're really starting to see the organization take off and, and become a global force and uh it's it's really exciting so thank you guys for coming and talking about all that sure well thank you for having us on
1: always a pleasure more podcasts please
3: we're going to do it. We're doing it. We have some interest from editors and we're going to get a posse together and get and get podcast back on track. Oh, man.
1: Cool. Well, give us we can we can have a, a weekly update. <laughs> Sounds good to me. From the HBA. Yeah. <laughs> that way it won't oh, take yeah. seven more years.
0: Fan activism corner.
3: OK, well, we're going to go back. I'm going to pick up John and Frankie again from wherever they went during this middle Period. I don't know. They you know turn around and they're gone, and <laughs> Paul will be back with us, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll do the drums where we get a little goofy. So.
2: How am I going to get into canon? Can right now? Never mind. Ah. Talking about important <laughs> don't stuff. Throw that in front of we'll my face. To and take it away. Just put Aww. it out
3: there, and then we'll have people write in. Yeah. What's the question?
2: No, I was going to say, like, are any countries, you know. Completely muggle? Completely non-muggle, just for wizards.
3: Oh. No, the, uh, maybe. I don't know.
2: That's kind of interesting. I'd like to think there That's was one. Kind like of
3: like the island
4: Country. of Genosha in X-Men. And there's one little... So- not. Geno- oh yeah. my and god. So there's probably like some Frack. secret island that is under the Fidelius charm that only wizards can go to.
3: I truly thought you were going to say Genovia, and I was going to have a problem.
2: No, no, no.
4: Genosha from X-Men.
2: I mean, I've okay. always wondered what keeps, like them from trying to explore space like you would think with magic you would have a huge advantage to trying to like how do you know they have go haven't? out into in space yeah maybe they have and they realize nothing's there so they don't bother
3: this ties into <laughs> something that's gonna you're that gonna hear later so in the show Is
2: unimaginative it of a wizard to be like i don't see anything on this one trip better never go again
4: what if there's a spell like, you can do to ask for truth and then you just ask that and it's like no
5: Hmm. Or what if spells an know. illusion,
4: by wizards to keep us muggles preoccupied, looking up so they can walk around us? What? Just kidding.
2: What if all of space is an illusion? Yes. Oh wow, that's Ooh. deep, guys. That's 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 pretty deep and <laughs> pretty <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really like gosh. the idea of. All right, I, don't I like know. the idea of
1: space wizards. <laughs> They're being. Don't like you like think a, that would be
2: awesome? Like, space. I think like. I think if there's anyone that we could talk to about writing a song about such things, we should talk to that person. Because I would love to hear a song about a space wizard. There's, there's, there's a whole album there potentially. Could look into that. Ahem. My brother's visiting space this week. All
3: right, so, so we'll
2: talk about it. <laughs> oh, is he? He's visiting space. I gotta say, I'm in love with Joe's new project. <laughs>
1: Which one? What is Joe's do, new project? Do tell.
2: Oh, I got, I, I'm sure he has more than a few, but the one that I discovered here not that long ago was, uh, like, um, writing songs for, like, small companies, like jingles and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, his Ocean State Like, I listened to lot. almost all of them. They are hilarious. <laughs> yep, it's Joe, called Joe, what? Joe
1: has a jingle writing business now called Ocean State Jingle Lot, and uh, they started it by by writing uncommissioned jingles for, like, 70 businesses in Providence, Rhode Island
2: um <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> it's just such a great idea oh, like, that's wonderful. it's so perfect
1: uh, most of them are not
2: <laughs> I thought that was I thought that
1: was most cool. of them are not very flattering jingles <laughs> but um they're pretty great
2: well I want I want to play a couple of them here you can point. I don't have any prepared but John no, right, you can commission
1: name. um you can commission a jingle. Um,
2: Don't think I haven't thought well, about this. Like <laughs> as soon as I have like a, some kind of like reason to commission a jingle, I I guarantee well, you I will be commissioning a jingle.
1: Matt Matt Majekamo, who will be on the program later, actually commissioned a jingle, um, a personal oh, a yeah? personal jingle. Yeah. Um, and Joe. Isn't a personal jingle. And uh, and Joe wrote him back and said, uh, you know, the the fee is based on your perception of your own self worth. <laughs> uh, between twenty, uh, a minimum of twenty dollars and a maximum of two thousand dollars.
3: Whoa!
2: I get it. So if, if you would have to admit to being like really low self-esteem person to get a cheap price. Yeah. See, I would need the jingle. Pay a bunch of extra money to keep your.
4: I would just. Lie I would need the jingle to raise my self-esteem, and so by therefore getting oh, the jingle, yeah. I will then feel better about myself. But the loophole being, I feel bad about myself now, so I'd get a good price.
3: I'm Man. I'm on the I'm on the webpage right now, and we'll 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 play a couple of these. But it's at eskimo slash osjl. By the way, this is all going to go in the drums slash osgl, and uh, it's it's quite something.
4: <laughs> I want a personal jingle oh, to be it's, my ringtone.
3: Awesome. Oh, it's amazing.
2: I gotta tell you, I'm a little confused as to why these jingles are not uh, perks on the Equality for the Win uh, 2014. Select a perk.
1: Um, you know, well, I mean, Joe and I will be doing a live broadcast soon, and there might be an opportunity for us to make those into a perk. Uh, we'll, that would be fantastic. I will say, like, Ocean State Jingle Lot hasn't really captured the zeitgeist yet, in the same way that, say. John Green or Hank Green may have done with some of their work.
2: You don't say. <laughs> all you have to do is add the little byline, you, you know, say. of Harry and the Potter. I think I think that would be totally fine.
3: Well, think about it this way: you put it as a perk, people can get it on the ground floor, get some cheap. Yeah, stuff just early. some. Like, put
2: a couple links to some of the other ones. Like, yeah, people it's will like, be all about it.
3: It's like listening. It's like watching Vlogbrothers before Akio Deathly Hallows came out. You're a total hipster.
2: There you exactly. go. Exactly. I want to commission one for my, like, uh, when people call me, instead of hearing the ringing, it'll just play my jingle.
1: Oh, so you you want you want when people ring call tone. you for it to play?
2: It'd be like a ring back tone.
1: Would it be? It'd be oh. a Jing tone.
3: In their ear. So would
1: you send it to the your microphone. friends who have you in their phone, and it's like, hey, John, no, he's
4: calling you right now. Well, there's some no, phone companies like that call... do ring back versus actual right. ring.
1: You don't. Hear yeah, the so ringing.
2: instead of hearing the ring, when they dial me, they would just hear my. Oh, jingle. okay,
1: okay, gotcha. Um, but you can also can, can you set awesome. a custom, like if if I go to my phone and oh, to yeah. you, John, I could I could set your theme song, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah, that's a great idea, too.
1: I'm going to tell that to Joe, is that that's how he should be pitching personal jingles. Um,
2: Because, I mean, you think about it, it's the small business that wants a jingle, but everybody and their grandma could have a ringtone.
4: Yeah. And he can call them Jingtones. Well, the website is
1: OceanStateJingleLot.com. This has nothing to do with Harry Potter at all. Um.
3: (laughs) I got to tell you that there's the, the music note with a clamshell as the the dot on the music note it's inspired
1: <laughs> well <laughs> it's a little callback to some of our other work and it's also your, your the, quahog the co- bag yeah man. the quahog is the shellfish of Rhode Island which is the ocean state so there you go <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> glad perfect. you noticed that Melissa
2: Every... it's the little well done. things well done. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right that's all going in the darkness, yeah. guys. <laughs> all right. good. just FYI good game, everyone.
2: Um, I just had to give Joe some love because I loved this project. Yeah, love this project. It's pretty Too great. Funny. I want one.
3: I want one for Potter. Hey.
2: Oh my God! Yeah, what the hell? That was that's, that's such the obvious idea. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> you had some early
1: uh, Joe to George jingle work with that that jingle I just played.
5: That's true. <laughs>
3: Why don't we play one of those right here? Back in two thousand seven, when when we were on the road with um, with Joe and Paul, they wrote us some jingles, and here's one of my favorites.
5: I-
1: is that the zombie oh. one?
3: <laughs> um, I think it Yeah. <laughs> I heard you made out with a goblin. That's so <laughs> weird. No, the goblin one.
1: Oh, the goblin one. That's the good one.
3: With Emily going, I heard you made out with a goblin. Ew. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Everybody. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people We're always talking, you're always listening We're
5: always talking, we're casting. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people We talk about the Harry Potter stuff Yeah, we talk about the Harry Potter stuff oh. We talk about the Harry
2: Potter I heard you made out with a goblin.
5: Hey Potter
3: people, hey Potter people, we're always
1: talking, you're always listening, hey Potter people, and hey Potter people,
3: we're
1: always talking, we're podcasting What I love it.
3: Okay, so when is the next time we are going to focus on the HP Alliance here on Pottercast?
1: Um, well, uh, we we're, we're we're ready. We're just a phone call away, Melissa. Just a phone call.
3: <laughs> okay. So why don't we do uh John I was telling the guys that once we get like our groove back here at Pottercast, the HPA should just record a segment for us with each show and we'll just put it in.
4: Oh,
2: that'd be great. A little update. A little,
3: little, little update I'd, on how things I'd are. I'd love
1: to do that. Um, and that would, really, would keep everybody idea. informed. I really I I really feel like we've we've definitely become like one of the core parts of Harry Potter fandom now and we we would love that opportunity to kind of communicate what we've got going on to to Pottercast listeners on a more regular basis. Um, yeah, John. So so one of the perks we have this year is that Melissa is writing a a brand new fanfic.
2: Of what? Holy cow! Yeah, of your choice, Snarry. Paul convinced Snary. me. Snarry.
3: Actually, it was like he wanted me to release uh, the old one. It's gonna, gonna, gonna be go, a. What it's about? It's gonna be a Ron
1: Voldor.
2: Oh, you
1: know, are you familiar with Ron Dumbledore? Is that when he's
2: like from the Ron future? Slash Dumbledore? No, it's
1: it's yeah, Ron is actually Dumbledore. Yeah,
4: right, it's
3: not Ron slash Dumbledore. It's Ron is Dumbledore, Rumbledore. But I'm not gonna. I'm pro- well, I'm taking suggestions. So wait, so, so the,
4: the people who win it, do they get to pick what they want, or you're just gonna
2: write something? No.
3: I'm just going to write something, and everybody. And Ivana is, going to, Ivana is also going to narrate it in an audio file. Oh
2: my god. Oh, so it sounds like I get John, to John gets the help, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
4: so. I'll do the cover. I'll do the album cover.
3: Excellent. Oh, this is getting better and better. So I'm I'm taking suggestions, even though I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to take that suggestion. We're just going to do something, a fun fanfic. But I'm really curious what you guys are kind of like into now in fanfic. I That's want a fanfic
4: so. of the kids or the founders.
3: Oh, interesting.
2: But John doesn't like that. <laughs> I I kind of want to hear about uh, space exploration with the wizards. No, Pfft, dumb. <laughs> I'm like into your, that. Like your face, dumb, John.
1: Do you remember? John, do you remember,
2: well, no John, do you asked, remember
0: Joe's no
1: Joe's fanfic, uh, Hagrid in space? Jo- Joe wrote about Hagrid in space. You don't remember this?
2: Joe Rowling?
1: No, my no, brother
2: Joe, Joe. De George. Oh, oh Joe, Joe DeGeorge. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait a minute. Now let me think about that. That might. That might be more familiar than J.K. Rowling. It
1: was uh, it was a presented at a leaky mug prophecy. Oh You'll have to gosh. dig it up.
2: I need to Google this. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Hey, was there a you broom can...
1: involved? Uh, no, there was no broom. But uh, okay, Hagrid Hagrid got, was getting sent to it was it was Albus Severus um, at time time at school, maybe second year, um, and uh, wait, this
4: was which which convention?
1: Prophecy.
3: Prophecy.
4: The fifth, the seventh book wasn't out by then, was it? Had just come out.
3: Yeah. No, no, no. Prophecy was. Yeah, it was two thousand seven. No, pro- wasn't Prophecy two thousand eight?
4: No, Prophecy was one, well, August of two thousand seven. Like two thousand was before I was on the podcast. I didn't go to Prophecy. The first one I went to was Terminus.
3: Oh, you weren't there. Okay. Well, and so Terminus
4: was two thousand eight. Well, anyway, sorry.
2: Leaky I'm Leaky Mug this.
4: eighteen. You can hear the recording.
2: Oh. Oh my done. goodness!
5: All right.
3: <laughs> so, uh, tweet your own opinion about what this should be at. Uh, use the hashtag EqualityFTW and at, at me Melissa. at Melissa um, and Ellie. Uh, and yeah,
2: I'm curious. So, so wait, who, who gets to like? I get us? to
3: decide what it's gonna. What it's gonna <laughs> I, be, I get to meet
2: <laughs> That's what it means
3: when you like write a thing. When you write a thing, you make those decisions. But so time. I'm curious. Oh so I know, like... terribly selfish. But I am curious, and if I see something that sparks something, because I want it to be kind of fun and goofy. But I've been so out of the loop with fanfic for a while that I'm just kind of not having
4: the founders ideas <laughs>
3: <laughs> well yeah founders but what about the founders so I'm, I've been thinking exactly that's like, head, up
4: to you but that's where your creative juices oh, come in oh thank you
3: you're allowed to do that part you're the part. writer Most but look I'm probably going to end up just doing my own thing building but Hogwarts I am really curious if there's something that somebody has out there that, that sparks you're that
1: are just doing a Harry Ginny sex what would be cool is
4: good. Salazar building yes. this chamber of secrets
3: that would be cool
4: uh, like hiding it from the other founders
3: you should draw that. That's what you should do.
4: Once you write it, I shall draw it. Oh, once, John. Okay.
2: And We're then up. I will record one of you talking. John, about it.
4: have you ever well, have
1: you ever considered narrate. writing fanfic, John?
2: You would actually be
4: really funny. You know, I, I would like to read I that. I feel like
2: I feel like I have written really? before. Really? Is that true? It would have been a long time ago. Oh, are you willing to share it? I don't know if I see. I'm trying to remember if I would have bit something that I would have saved, or just like sent it an email, or or who I would have even shown it to. But yeah, I feel like I could do it because like I like to just tell BS stories, and I have to come up with them on off top of my head. So if I could do that in like a written form, and then even like look it over and like edit it a little bit, like that might actually be. Well, maybe these, we can talk uh, next we're year
1: we're, we're trying to make it an annual thing where we have a a fanfic from uh from a fandom luminary um so last year we had last oh. year we had hanks oh. we've got melissa this this year uh, there's an there's an open slot mm-hmm. for next year so you might might start working up something Think, thinking about
2: i could i would totally be down thinking for about that. the space that'd wizards be
1: that'd
3: be awesome
2: I could do a Space Wizard show. You could totally do it. I bet I bet Ivana would be down oh to... Oh my god, that would be the
1: perfect thing for Ivana to read.
2: <laughs> that would be perfect. That's totally up her alley. Oh my god, I love
3: it. I love oh it. Oh my <laughs> god.
2: Well, I'm excited for the big live stream, you guys. When is the live stream?
3: Uh, live streams are going on constantly. You gotta just keep, keep follow the HP Alliance on Twitter. Also, Gigicon is doing a launch party on the 9th on, at 8.30 at night, so... That's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll have more about that on the next podcast If there is a podcast before that, um, mm-hmm. we're going to start. We're going to have guests and maybe some music and just lots of stuff happening. So make sure to check that out. Follow all our Twitters: Leaky, Powdercast, the HP Alliance, all the th- do the things that you do today in this socially connected.
2: All the Twitters. World. Gkynws. Huh? Is that right? Is that G-K-Y-N-W-S. The Gkynws?
3: It's Geeky News without the vowels. Is our Twitter.
2: Gkynws. It's not an acronym. It's just missing the vowels.
4: It's like my name, my Twitter without the ins. Yes. Frac oh.
1: You didn't try it. You didn't right, go for the, the geeky cauldron.com?
3: Ah, we should have the <laughs> dash cauldron.org. <the laughs> that would wonderful. .org. <laughs> Don't forget how hard it has to be even <laughs> after you're done with the dashes. Yes. The dash geeky cauldron.org. <laughs> Google it if you can't remember. All right, guys, I'm getting okay. out
2: of here. Me
4: too. Thanks, guys.
2: All right. Well, well, quit titling those die-offs. No, we don't do it anymore. I said tittering. <laughs> <But, laughs>
4: guys, it was great talking. I didn't mean to. Oh, dude. <laughs>
2: it's Thank great you having for you, Paul. Us, My Paul. pleasure. I'm excited for the new uh, Harry Potter Alliance segment of the week. Yeah, that'll be Thanks. awesome.
1: cool. I would love that. missed it.
2: Bother you free. I confess myself
4: disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed.
2: Great Scott, no wonder. Look
1: at the time we've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>